Hello and welcome to Jonathan's Verdicts. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title is The Truth About Those of Us Who Support Bernie Sanders. The verdict for this episode is the media is lying about those of us who support Bernie Sanders. As always, I don't edit these episodes. They are just a chance for me to speak about whatever is on my mind. Before debating the issues, I want to give a little demographic information about myself. I'm 45 years old. I'm almost bald, and I've been bald since my 20s. I'm overweight. I'm totally blind. In other words, I'm not a long-haired college kid in my 20s. I say all that because when you read articles about Bernie Sanders' campaign and his supporters, that's what the media wants to tell you everyone who supports Bernie is like. And of course, they mean it as a negative. I happen to think there's nothing wrong with being a college student and having long hair, but apparently those are still negatives in uh, certain aspects of society. But here's the thing. I, like many Sanders supporters, am angry. And I'll agree to that. I want a revolution. I want social change. Why? Because I know what it's like to suffer discrimination. I have a law degree. I've had some work experience. Yet, Every time I have to find work, it's very hard for a blind person to find work. And before I found my current job, even though I have a law degree, even though I wanted very much to work, even though I tried hard to find work, I found myself on food stamps, getting SNAP benefits. I found myself in the winter time turning off the heat when nobody was visiting me because I couldn't afford to keep it on. I remember sitting in my living room watching TV shivering uh, and when someone was coming over turning the heat up because I didn't want people to know how I had to live. That I couldn't afford heat. I shouldn't have felt the way I did, and I realize that now. I should have been more honest. But that's how I felt at the time. Also, I know what it's like to not go to the doctor because I'm not going to be able to afford anything that's not covered anyway. 
I know what it's like to ask for a suspension of student loan payments because I can't pay the bills. This is why I support Bernie Sanders. This is why I know America needs a political revolution. Now, I have a job. I have good health insurance. I eat too much. I never have to worry about how I'm paying my bills. But as long as I live, I will never forget the days of turning down the heat. I'll never forget wanting to work and pulling out my SNAP card. And I know as a blind person, I will always face discrimination. That's why I support Bernie Sanders. That's why I want a revolution. That's why I donate money now to the campaign. I'm hardly the stereotypical Bernie bro the media wants to talk about. But I am angry. No, I don't insult people online. No, I don't stalk people. No, I don't look up information and send people letters. But I'm angry and I want change. Now I want to get to the substance of what prompted this podcast. There's an article in Politico about a rally in Iowa where uh, Rashida Tlaib dared to boo Hillary Clinton and where Michael Moore ranted about the DNC changing the rules for Michael Bloomberg. And those are certainly topics worth discussing. But just very quickly, Hillary Clinton goes around talking about how Bernie's a terrible guy and nobody likes Bernie and nobody can work with Bernie and she might not work with Bernie if he's the nominee. And she blames Bernie for the fact that for some reason she didn't campaign in Wisconsin and barely went to Michigan. Somehow that's Bernie's fault. Even though Bernie campaigned for her numerous times. Somehow it, it, Bernie is part of the reason she lost. But if Rashida Tlaib says boo, it's a big story. A woman of color dares to say one boo against Hillary Clinton, and it's a big story. Hillary Clinton attacks people left and right, and it's no big deal. Hillary Clinton accused Tulsi Gabbard. Admittedly, I, Tulsi Gabbard's not one of my favorites. But Hillary Clinton accused Tulsi Gabbard essentially of being an agent of the Russians. And instead of, you know, calling Clinton out, the media ran with the story. Maybe Tulsi Gabbard is an agent of the Russians. Maybe she will launch a third-party candidacy. Tulsi Gabbard is also a woman of color who dares to have a different opinion. 
the Bloomberg thing, again, Bloomberg knew eight months ago the rules. He could have got into the race. He could have built a campaign. No. No. He didn't do that. He could have campaigned in the early states and built up poll results. No, didn't do that. So the DNC had to have criterion to reduce the field, okay? I do agree with them on that. And the fact is, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, they're just some of the candidates who didn't meet the criterion. I don't have a problem with that. But changing the criterion to allow one person to get into the race who knew the rules is wrong. And when it just so happens that that person also gave a quarter of a million dollars to the DNC and donated money to, I believe, every state DNC, uh, state Democratic Party in the country, that's why people talk about the system being rigged. That's why. And it's hard not to make that argument. Again, I'm not saying that Booker and Castro and Harris were discriminated against. But allowing Bloomberg into the debates is wrong. It's just wrong. Especially when his entrance clearly was purchased. Uh, But now I want to get into the articles in the New York Times. There are two op-eds, Brett Stevens and Timothy Egan today, trashing Bernie Sanders. Now, Brett Stevens is a diehard Republican. He believes in nonsense like trickle-down economics and all the failed policies that allow the wealthy to uh, control the economy and all the power in this country. And Timothy Egan is a conservative uh, Catholic who swoons over Joe Biden. So, of course, of course, they don't like Bernie Sanders. I'm also pretty sure neither one of them has ever been on food stamps or turned the heat down because they couldn't pay the bill or didn't go to the doctor because they couldn't pay the bill. So, of course, like those of us who support Bernie Sanders, they couldn't possibly relate in the way that we relate to each other. And as two wealthy, white, middle, maybe upper class men, they benefit from the rigged system they routinely champion. So, of course, they don't want massive systemic change. They don't want a fair, equitable redistribution of wealth and power. They don't want to dismantle uh, systems of oppression because they benefit from it and they don't even recognize the numerous ways they benefit from it. So, of course, they're anti-Bernie Sanders. But the truth about what they talk about is this, especially Egan. I want to talk about Egan. Egan says really smugly and arrogantly, he talks about William Jennings Bryan losing elections around the 1890s and 1900s because he ran a populist campaign. 
And he says, look it up, kids. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing it. Look it up, kids. Like the grumpy old man he is. But here's the thing. I'm not a kid. And I know my history. Maybe better than Egan does. Because there's an issue Egan left off the table conveniently. And you can look it up, everyone. Everyone who hears this, look it up. The issue Egan didn't talk about, the issue that's always left out of a discussion of William Jennings Bryan. Now, again, the, the Jennings uh, Bryan's campaign uh, about the silver as currency, okay, that was a big deal back then. But what was left out? What was left out was the simmering debate about America's role in the world. Look up the overthrowing of the Hawaiian government where the native Hawaiians were given no role in the governing of their land. Where Sanford B. Dole of the Dole Fruit Company was installed as the puppet governor of Hawaii. Read about the barbarism and torture done to the people of the Philippines by American troops. Read about the Teller and Platt amendments in the Senate, where the U.S. promised not to overtake the governing of Cuba after the Spanish-American War, uh, and then did insist in basically running the government of Cuba. Read the Teller and Platt Amendments, everybody. And then realize this. Williams Jennings Bryan lost, in part, because he refused to have that debate. Because he was unwilling to take on the military establishment, the bloodthirsty corporatists that wanted to exploit people of color around the world. That's the history Timothy Egan either doesn't know or simply conveniently ignores, just like most American history textbooks and the like. That's one of the things that makes the Sanders campaign different. Bernie is speaking out about the occupation of Palestinian land. Uh, Bernie did vote against the war in Iraq. Bernie sponsored a resolution to stop the U.S. participating in the murder of the people of Yemen. Those are just facts. And one final thing, just to bring this back to demographics. Uh, and as a blind person, I want to say, I hope I'm right about this. <laughs> but I think I am. Uh, well, first of all, I know AOC, Ilan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib, Pramila Jaipal as well, all women of color, they all support Bernie Sanders. Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar are both Muslims. 
they both support a Jewish candidate in Bernie Sanders. Uh, Nina Turner, Bernie Sanders' campaign chair, is a woman of color. Brianna Joy Gray, his press secretary, uh, is, I believe, a black woman. But yet somehow all of us who have suffered discrimination, all of us uh, who know what it's like to not have health insurance, all of us who don't want America to go around the world exploiting people of color so that American corporations can get richer, we're all Bernie bros, I guess. Even if we're 45 and blind, even if we're a Muslim woman of color, uh, even if we're a black woman, somehow, I guess, we're all Bernie bros. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jonathan's Verdicts.